Podcast. My name is Brian Craig, your host. I'm here at the Global Office in Bentonville, Arkansas. I'm I'm back with our uh, the Godfather, Rocky. <laughs> Welcome, Rocky. I don't know if I like that. Brian. <laughs> it just came to me. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> Let it leave. Man. Okay. 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 <laughs> well, we, the Grand Poobah is no, that better? That's no, not even good. Okay, I'm sorry. Papa Rock. Pa- Papa Rock. Okay. Right. So not Godfather, but Father, yeah. the Father of the Ministry. No, yeah. no. <laughs> anyway, get, uh, get past it. Get past it. All right. Well, anyway, we uh, we love talking about different topics that uh, we think we're just praying about what might be pertinent to all of you out there. And we know all of you are influencers, and you're having thoughts and with with your heavenly Father, and you're also having conversations with other influencers about the world we live in. And today, we just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about uh, just have a little dialogue about the state of the world today, right, Rocky? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, and we were uh, <clears throat> we're going to open with a with a scripture verse where Jesus, right before he was about to die, uh, he was talking to his disciples, and and then there's the famous prayer in the garden. Let me let me just open by reading this. Um, he was talking. Jesus was talking to his disciples about different things that might be coming, and it, this is in chapter 16 of John. And he says at the very end of that, in verse 33, he says, "I've told you these things." so that in me you may have peace. <clears throat> in the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And then he goes into a prayer. It says, after Jesus said this, and this is in chapter 17, he looked toward heaven and prayed. And he first prays for himself, and then he prays for his disciples, and then he prays for all believers. And he says this, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray for all those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe you've sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given to me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know you have sent me. I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. So we'll just start with that, Rocky. Um, How does that strike you as you're thinking about the world? The world. Uh, He talks a lot about the world in that. Well, you know, Brian, as you read that, I couldn't help but think about the several different points that could be made in that uh, prayer Mm -hmm. and also what preceded it about about the the warnings, Mm -hmm. uh, the warning of troubles or tribulations. And, you know, when I think about that, Brian, I, I think that was he just talking about those 12 men right there that would be uh, launching into, well, let, actually be 11 right there, and the, the 12 to be added later, uh, and also the other disciples that were following uh, closely at that time. Was he just talking to them about the tribulation that they would have in rolling out the, the church? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and uh, the dispersion that would take place and the persecutions that would take place and all of that? Uh, or was he talking about uh, any Christian basically is going to be facing that sometime, some way, somewhere? Mm. And uh, I tend toward thinking it's the latter. I think there are pockets of time and pockets of geographic locations that we have not seen a lot of Christian tribulation. And I think America would be that way. Uh, but I think that we don't have a good sense of what's happening around the world. And there, there are many people that are going through great tribulation, persecution, uh, and uh, the extreme forms of persecution because they simply believe in Jesus Christ. And uh, so I think that we, we maybe uh, in this country might not be sensitive as we should be to that. But let's get beyond that, and that's one subject. Mm -hmm. But another subject is the prayer itself. And, you know, there's several things that really stood out to me there, and that was that he was talking about that uh, I will be in them and they will be in me and I will be in you and we will be in... In other words, there was just a, a merger of all the relationships into one. Did you catch that? Mm -hmm. And that is a, a beautiful picture of what this ministry is all about, and that is what Jesus has invited us to do, and that is to abide in him. Mm -hmm. He's talking about abiding here. Mm -hmm. He had just given John 15, and this is in John 16, right? Well, in 17, actually. 17, yeah, yes. That's right. yeah. And so... Uh, the bottom line is he continued the message. Mm -hmm. uh, he expanded it. And and when he talked about them, us being in him and being so close to him that we are in him, he's in us, we're in the Father. He was, he was also talking about uh, the benefit of that. Mm -hmm. uh, what's going to come out of that from our relationship and the fruit that comes out of it. Uh, we could tear that thing apart. Oh, yeah. We could dissect it. What did you uh, see there that kind of stood out for you? Well, I, I think I think it's it's pretty clear that he was praying for, you know, not only present time but the future. Mm -hmm. You know, because he's saying he's praying for all the people in the future that are going to, you know, he knew the church was about to be birthed. So it's just amazing. And, of course, we know Jesus could see into the future. Yeah. You know, because he, he's that way. He had the power to do that. Um, so, yeah, it's strange to think that even all the way back there in the garden when he's praying, he's thinking of you and I. Mm -hmm. He's thinking about today, 2018, and knowing what would happen right, and all that. And I, I just have to believe that for sure. Well, it's, it's such a comfort, isn't it? It is. It's such a comfort to know that Jesus was even praying for us then, uh, right now, in 2018, for believers now. Mm-hmm followers of Christ now, those that he said came to know, know him because of the word of testimony of those men right around him, mm -hmm. them, yeah. him. And so, you know, is that organic flow of the original message that's been carried forward to you and me today, to Christianity today, the words of exhortation and warning were true then as they are now. Uh, it is seamless mm -hmm. what we've had from then to now. Mm -hmm. um, but we have a lot of things that are happening now that didn't happen then. Mm -hmm. And the question is, what is our greatest enemy? 
Uh, it's the same enemy, but what is the greatest threat to us? Uh, I think it's forgetting. I think it's forgetting uh, that we are distinct, that we, we are set apart for a purpose, that we are members of the royal priesthood. Uh, and as royal priests, uh, we need to be conveying uh, the message that he gave then as a disciple. Uh, we convey the same thing that he conveyed. When he says, go and make disciples, it was because he had made disciples. And when, you, when a disciple is a disciple, they not only follow Christ, they make disciples as well. So that's that organic continuation of his message that he began way back then. Now, there's one other thing that stands out to me, too. And that was when he says, pray for laborers. Mm. Because, you know, the, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. And, Brian, would you say that in this day and time, even though we have turbulent times all around the world, and even in this country, would you say there's a great harvest? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are you seeing that would indicate that? Well, I, you don't have to look very far. I mean, you just have to look in your own uh, families and the things that you're struggling with. You know, if, if you know anybody's out there uh, who's married has seen other marriages and they just see the the degradation of, of marriages and, and people leaving marriages and going, you know, and that's all tied to uh, uh, loosening of sexuality in this country mm -hmm. and, and the, the rise of pornography. And, uh, and then I think all the social media stuff that's in there that can be good on one hand, but, but it, people are using it to, for bad. And, and, you know, so you see that. And then with, if, if you're raising kids like I am and seeing teenagers with, uh, all those same temptations. It's even gotten worse with the younger generation because because yeah. they don't know the difference. They don't know what they don't. They're just learning right and wrong, you know. So, so I think there's a desperation all over, you know. And, and people need Christ now more than ever, you know. And I think what we're being, what we're doing is so different. Just like when what Jesus was doing was so different in his day. I think they were revolutionaries. They were like patriots, you know. Yeah. And I think it's no different today. I think what we're putting forth is strange to most people. You know, most people can't receive what we're saying. We're saying die to yourself. We're saying give up the rights to your life. Personal abandonment, absolute trust. We're saying the way to find your life is to lose it. Mm -hmm. We're saying the same things Jesus did. Yeah. And we're saying that it's a new new life. And I, I see the need for this everywhere. I mean, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't even matter if it's just the United States or if we're in Egypt the same heart needs of man are the same and the same temptations and the trials, you know, drug abuse, you know, marriages breaking up, uh, wayward children, uh, you know, oppressiveness from those in who have money and power. All those things are happening no matter where. Worldwide. 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 And, uh, the, and the, and the uh, core needs of mankind, <laughs> uh, which is woman and man, mm -hmm. male and female, no matter what culture, no matter what race, core needs are all the same. Right. What would you say the core needs are? Uh, well, I think to, to find a savior. <laughs> you know, we have a we have a, in our heart. It's, eternity is written on the hearts of men. You know, mm -hmm. we're we're just we're waiting to find that that savior. And if if we haven't found it yet, there's a huge void as we talk about right. the God shaped right. void in your life until you until you find it. And it's just so obvious. But there's a lot of counterfeits out there. There's a lot of things making people feel real good about themselves, yeah. you know, and uh, and then till it all breaks down, till it all goes away. So that's where I was getting to it, as far as the things that's 
going on nowadays in 2018 versus the day when that was given. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a little bit more black and white then. And now there's so many counterfeits in here that diverts our attention away from the gospel and mm -hmm. the need for it mm -hmm. uh, and divides us from it as well. And that's that's just sure work of the enemy mm -hmm. to create that, to lessen our hung hunger, lessen our need, uh, our perceived need, that is. Now, the reason I make this distinction because, you know, Brian, there's... Um, there's a persecuted church going on in different parts of the world, in Muslim countries, uh, in Asia. Uh, and yet uh, I'm told that the people that seem to have the purest form of faith and commitment to Christ come from those persecuted nations. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Well, I've read some books by some of the people, you know, like Open Doors and some of the ministries that deal with the persecuted church. And it's it's like until all those things are stripped away, you know, they, they can't appreciate how much they need a Savior, you know, or, or how much they need the Lord. When the, when the faith is really tested is right. when it, it's proved genuine. Right. You know, and, and some of those countries, they don't even count yourself a real Christian unless you've had some persecution, unless you've spent some time in jail yeah. or been beaten or whatever, then you can say you're a real Christian. It's not just a matter of losing a job, huh? Right. Yeah, that's right. Or getting your feelings hurt, you know, because yeah. someone excludes you from a social circle or something right. like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the kind of persecutions we think of, uh -huh. you know, or I didn't get invited to this or whatever, you know. Yeah. It's, it's this, it's real over there. You know, it's, it's fear of life, losing your life, you know, in some places. And that may be coming here. I, I mean, people think it's going to get darker here. Well, the problem is here is that we've had an erosion factor that has been eroding those black and white issues and then making them kind of like, well, that's back then, that's the way it was then, but surely it's not that way now. We're civilized, right? Mm -hmm. And yet we've got more violent crimes now than ever before. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got more anger, bitterness, hate, uh, even with people who have all of their financial needs met and yet they still can't find it. They can't find the peace. They can't find that purpose for life. They're always looking for something else. There's something agitated in them. And let me tell you what it is. They have that vacuum. They have that hole in their heart. Mm -hmm. You see, when God created us, he created us in his image. Mm -hmm. uh, we were created to have fellowship with him. We were created to have a father-daughter-son relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And when sin came into this world, that was what was separated. When Christ came, he restored that which was lost. But we have to now accept it. We have to enter into that intimacy with him to have that restored, that intimate connection that once Adam and Eve had in the beginning. They had that kind of intimate relationship with him. But when sin came in this world, it corrupted that relationship even corrupted the world. Mm. When Christ came, he restored it. That's right. But we've got to receive it. We've got to accept it. We've got to go there with it. And it fills a longing need within us. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing I think that is so needed within this country, within the church in this country in particular. Uh, I would hate to think that we have to go through persecution to become aware of that. Mm. And it might have to happen. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, I think that the church will be pruned. I think it will be sifted. 
And I think that there will be many pretenders that will fall away. We're seeing many pastors that are leaving the ministry. I think some of them are very good pastors that are uh, they're leaving because they're discouraged and they're defeated. And they and it's too hard a job to do and their families are being hurt. So they just, they'll get jobs out in secular jobs, which is fine for them to do that. But I think there are also some pastors that are leaving because they shouldn't have been there in the first place. Mm. And there's some churches that are shutting down because uh, they've lost their message. They've lost their love for Christ. They've even lost the gospel. Mm. And I don't think the Lord wants them to exist. Uh, And you might find that that happens in this country, that we have more uh, sifting within the body of Christ here so that we will really understand, we will come to understand what it means to see, have a desperate need mm-hmm. for Christ. Uh, it's like the song said, I'm desperate for you. Yeah. And, um, and until we do that, uh, I think that we'll have a lukewarm nation that really has that form of godliness it talks about but denies his power. You know, I, I heard a man uh, tell a story that when he was young as a boy, he would go visit his, his grandfather who lived next to a river. And, uh, and he, one summer he placed a stake well within the boundaries, way away from the river. And, uh, and then he came back about two years later and the, the stick had caved in. And what had happened is that the river had slowly but surely eaten away the banks that was holding the river, and it caved in. Hmm. Now, there there was an erosion process, and you would not have seen it coming unless you put your stake down until you get to the point where you say, I will not go from here. This is what I will stand on. And when you began to look at the Scriptures, when you began to look at the Gospels, when you begin to look at the purity of, of how it leads us with the precepts of God and we compare it to the world, then we begin to see how the world around us is eroding these things. And little wonder do we see people in the churches that are missing the gospel, missing mm-hmm. the relationship with Christ because they brought so much of the world into the church. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this is the dire warning that uh, we need to remember. I remember uh, when, it, when I interviewed Tom C., our regional director here, he was talking about he thought he was a Christian just because he was an American. Yeah. You know, he said, if I was born into a Muslim country, I'd be Muslim. You know, and I think there's a lot of people who just think they're Christian just by default oh, because yeah. they're born here and my grandfather went to church or whatever. And the, But they have no idea what that means to be a Christian. No idea. And that's a serious, very serious consideration because it will have a serious consequence. Mm-hmm. That's something that you do not want to play around with. Yeah, that's right. But you need to know for sure if your soul is safe, uh, if your soul is healthy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and of course, that's, um, that's what God has given to us in Jesus Christ, is a restored relationship with Him. And, and Brian, you know, when, when we get that restored relationship with Him and our soul is healthy, then everything else begins to make sense. 
you begin to see the things that are right and things that are wrong. It becomes very distinct. It's no longer gray. Mm -hmm. You can make decisive decisions based on the fact that you have been given uh, the insights that God gives you. Well, and I, I was thinking also that, uh, that in that prayer, Jesus said, I'm going to make myself known to them. So I think he's making himself known. It's just whether or not they're receiving him or not. Yeah. I, think, I think there's people out there listening today that, and I would just ask you a question, you know Jesus, you know who he is, and he's, and he's calling out to you, but have you, have you crossed the line? Have you, he's reached his hand out to you, have you grabbed his hand and, and gone with him? Or are you still kind of holding back because there's something you're afraid you're going to have to give up or something you know, you're afraid of, whatever it is. But have you received him? He's calling to you. Remember, it's the counterfeits that we will give up. Yeah. It's something that has no value. Right. It's an illusion. Mm -hmm. It will not spend. And when we began to release our grip on those things, uh, then we began to follow his precepts and his ways, then he leads us into the desires of our heart. Mm. You know, Jesus was pretty uh, clear when he said that if you uh, seek uh, uh, seek the, uh, the kingdom of God first, then all of these things will be added to you. Mm. And all these things he's talking about is the things that we care about in this world, whether it's our material things or whether our significance or our grandeur goals of, you know, being totally uh, different from everybody else and rising above the surface of everybody else. He's saying, look, if you seek me, if you seek me in my kingdom, I'll give you something far greater than all those things. I'll take care of your needs, but I'll give you something far greater than those things that you think you need and those things that you pursue because they're counterfeits. Mm. Well, I was thinking, we talked about that quote uh, last week, uh, I think it was by Thoreau, that says, the mass of men live lives of quiet desperation. And I know there's just so many men out there who look really good on the outside, big bank account, big job, nice car, family all looks great. But if they don't know Christ, they're, they're in de desperation. And they know it. May, no one else might know it. But when they're laying their head on the pillow at night, they know it. Well, there are two responsibilities the first is a responsibility for our souls. Mm -hmm. And then we've got to get that, that taken care of. I mean, that's something that we should not, you know, should not delay in, in accepting this gift that God's given us through Jesus Christ. But then there's another responsibility, and that is our family. That's right. Because our first mission is to our, our, our spouse and to our children and our grandchildren, those people who are immediately in our life this is where we communicate this message of the gospel, this, this relationship we have with Jesus Christ. And that, that message is best conveyed uh, by acts of love mm -hmm. rather than words. Mm -hmm. uh, but then the next thing is what about the people around us, the neighbors, the people we work with? Just think of the number of people we have in our life that will not make it into eternity. And we have the ability to take a message that's been entrusted to us to pass along. Mm. And so, you know, what is the most effective way to do that? I think it begins with prayer. Mm. I think you've been pretty serious about praying for your neighborhood, haven't you? Mm -hmm. and, and, and people that come to your mind, this is kind of way you start reaching them, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's, and I've heard a lot of other people doing that. Your wife Sally has done that, you know, praying. Yeah, you, we talk about it all the time, but you don't have to go to Africa. You don't have to go to a foreign country. Just look where God's got you placed because right. that's your mission field. Right. It starts with your family. What's going on in your marriage? What's going on with your kids, your, your brother, your sister, your parents, your grandkids? And then beyond that, why did, what, how about your neighborhood? Where does he get you placed? Yeah. And then how, how about your workplace? Who's in the cubicle next to you? You know, those are the places you, we can reach much more easily than going to Africa or yeah. wherever. Well, you know, Brian, the, uh, I, don't, I don't really particularly care about talking about my history uh, of things as much, uh, really, unless it has a, a direct connection with the message that you're giving right here. And that is just look around you. You see, the influencer movement that we're part of, that's just tens of thousands of people now that are involved with it, started with one man uh, taking seven men through a nine-month uh, discipleship process. Mm -hmm. And uh, these two of these men were clients of mine because uh, I was a financial planner. Uh, another one was a man that I knew in church. It was a burned-out elder. Mm -hmm. uh, another was invited by another man, and so the and another one I had led to Christ. Uh, two of them I had led to Christ. So these were two baby Christians, and they were all acquaintances of mine. And I had one objective, and that is I wanted to help myself by helping them, mm -hmm. because that's the way it works. That when we pour into somebody else and try to give them that which we want, God Himself comes back and gives us what we're looking for. And I wanted to have an intimate relationship with Christ. I knew that John 15 was the answer. I knew it was about abiding in Him. I just didn't know exactly uh, all it, all it, all it you know, was about that at that time. Mm -hmm. It was kind of the early stages of it. But I knew that if I helped them and they helped me, we would go there. Mm -hmm. And that has grown now internationally to, to reinforce your point. All you have to do is deal with the world you have around you. Mm -hmm. Be a minister to that world. You're the pastor of that church, and that church might be your family. It might be your office workers. Your message is simply to show them what it's like to walk with Jesus and that he has his way with you. And that happens, I'm telling you, he will reach through your life out to your world and it will have impacts beyond anything you can imagine. Yeah. Because it's reproductive. You reach somebody, they reach somebody, they reach somebody and that message is exponentially expressed and you're the one who started it. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and that's, you know, you're like me uh, and I, I've always had a heart to help people and want to make this world a better place and when we talk about all these discouraging things with you know, white the what's going on in Washington and the politicians and, and just all the moral degradation. It's too overwhelming for me. I just have to say, I just got to keep doing what I'm doing, which is one man at a time, you know, yeah. just reaching out, do, keep doing journey groups, keep reaching out to the people in my around me. And I know if we keep transforming one man at a time, it will have a ripple effect that will, will affect the country in a positive it way. It will. I really do think so. So, Brian, you know, I... Uh, I have grandchildren that are your children's age. Mm -hmm. So that gives you an idea. So I 
certainly uh, have gone through what you have gone through as a young businessman and then going in ministry and then from the standpoint of having a, a young family and college to elementary school you know and uh, I know that you think through a particular grid and that grid is kind of tight in other words it's right around your family first and I fan that flame you know that right mm-hmm. and then it radiates out around the the opportunities that you have in this ministry but now I'm a grandfather and I'm looking at a in a, a bigger picture I'm looking at not only grandchildren your children's age but now my adult children who are now facing new things as you are mm-hmm. and and the thing that I would tell you Brian is that um, uh, early on I discovered a passage in Psalms 119 9 and 11 Here's what it says. It says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to thy word. Thy word I've hidden in my heart. So I'll be careful not to sin against you. Mm-hmm. And so it, it gave me a framework to understand that the scriptures, the word of God, is my guide. Yeah. And now if you look at Psalm 119, which happens to be the longest book in the Bible, it's almost dead center in the Bible. And if you look at the first 44 verses, it's talking about the priority of seeking God's wisdom Mm -hmm. in living our life. Mm -hmm. He says, the the psalmist writes, I get up early in the morning and I read it and I think about it all through the night. I mean, if you read it, you'll just see how he's just feasting on it, desperate for it, to have that kind of wisdom and that guidance from the Lord on how to live life how to deal with all these responsibilities as a father and as a grandfather, as a man, as a husband. But then in Psalms 119.45, it says this. It says, and I will walk about in peace and at liberty because I seek thy word. Mm. Mm. And that's uh, another way of saying it's sanctified common sense. Because when we pour God's word into our life and we develop an understanding of hearing his voice through his word and the Holy Spirit teaching us from his word, then it becomes the way we look at life. It becomes very black and white. You become very decisive. You become very courageous. And you become very fruitful. Mm. That's good. That's good. Well, our, our time is up, Rocky. I know we could talk about lots of things, and we will continue to talk about things on future podcasts. But uh, hopefully this uh, has encouraged you out there to uh, just keep persevering, I guess. That's a word that came to me early this morning was we need perseverance in this in this faith journey. Right. And uh, keep seeking the Lord, keep pressing into Him, because we're never alone. He never leaves us or forsakes us in this battle. And this, no matter how dark things get, He's always always with us. So. So anyway, you've been listening to the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, you can find out more about Influencers if you're just hearing about this at influencers.org, O-R-G. And we have a podcast page under the resource tab where you can hear other broadcasts that we've done. You can also send us a message, and we'll help you learn how to start a journey group, which is our discipleship process in your city. But uh, anyway, we, uh, we're glad you joined us today. We're going to keep... Uh, doing these broadcasts and trying to encourage you every week. Um, 
and we just we hope you'll just be an influencer where you live. Uh, I'm Brian Craig again, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and to go make disciples. God bless you. Let me grow and go.